and welcome to The Haunted Ride. I'm your host, Melissa Cummins, and thank you for joining me today. So I hope you guys are having a great day. I hope you've got your snacks and your tea. Today is actually, like, the perfect day to tell, like, ghost stories because it is cold. Like, I, I love, I realize how much I love my dog, which is obviously a lot, because um, I love the cold and I love the rain. I specifically love them if I can stay inside. I love them outside, too, but, um... My parents had someone visiting who's sick, and I had not been sleeping well, which is always a guaranteed way to get me sick, uh, especially if it happens. Like, I'm, I'm a weird person. Anything that happens with me is always in threes. So if I haven't slept well for about three days, and then you introduce me to someone who's sick, and I continue to not sleep well, like that night, for instance, I'm probably going to get whatever it is they have. So she's like, this is great. Fantastic. And she's a virus. And I'm like, I, I'm a virus prone person. Like, I don't get colds. I get viruses. It's like really rare for me to just get a cold. And I would, I, on, in all honesty, I'd rather just get the virus because like it's three days of feeling like utter and complete crap and then you're done. With a cold, like can be like two weeks of stuff. And I just, mm, nah, I'll take the virus. I'm, I'll, I'll just take the virus, honestly. I, you know, but, but. As I feel like I'm beginning to put it out to the universe that I would like to get sick, universe, I do not want to get sick at all. I'm good. Thank you very much. So today we are going to continue talking about um, the Ghost of St. Augustine. This is going to be the last episode out of the three. I think the first episode was really good because it was like focused on, I, I kind of like how it worked out. The first episode was focused on the fort. The second episode ended on an incredibly terrifying note. And the third episode is going to have some interesting things. So I hope you guys enjoy it. But before we get to that, um, we are going to have a promo. The promo is by the Minds of Madness podcast. And I really hope that you guys like it. And if you do, you know, give them a listen. Like, I know it might be a little weird that I've been introducing these promos into this, but part of what I want to do is obviously make it a good welcoming space for you guys, make it a good welcoming space and validating space for myself, and also just support everyone. I, I know that might sound a little bit weird, but I don't know. When I first started podcasting, I kind of feel like people just kept all the good ways to like reach out to people and good marketing and SEO ways to themselves. They didn't really want to share it. And I just, I can't be like that because if people didn't pave the way, if they didn't make mistakes and figure out how to solve things and they keep that to themselves other people are going to make those same mistakes and it's just going to be like this domino effect of where people could have just gotten a leg up and been like oh my god you made this mistake thank you for letting me know and now I'm at a better footing and I, I don't think that means that you're taking anything away from someone just because you say hey you know I've all, I've sort of already been through this and this is what happened with me like Maybe, you know, just to share with you, if you happen to come upon this issue, maybe this might help you. At the end of the day, like, you're free to take that advice or not if you want to. Like, that's up to you. But I think that, like, if we just spent more time helping people and not maybe as much time being selfish or being in this concerned place where just like, oh, you know, if I share anything, like, I'm, I'm letting someone else come up to my level. That's not necessarily true. We're all different. We're all different. We're all spread out all over this universe. We're all going to interpret things differently. 
we're all going to look at things a different way. And you, you never know, you, you know, you might, it, it might end up helping you out that you're helping this person because sometimes people are just really grateful. So I'm really into whether someone likes it or they don't, I don't really care if they want to listen to my advice or not, that's up to you. But I do feel like it's sort of my due, due diligence, just like I feel it's, it's my due diligence to do in this podcast and in my abilities to help and support people. I feel like it's the same thing that I should do for other podcasters out there. So without further ado, we're going to put in the promo here. And then when we come back, we will get into some awesome ghost stories. 911, what's your emergency? Every 60 seconds, a person is murdered somewhere in the world. There was a shootout in my house. I can't believe it. What causes ordinary people to do unthinkable things? He stabbed me in my neck. And he says, look how easily I could kill you. The Minds of Madness is a true crime podcast that examines the most disturbing criminal minds. We shed a light on the devastating impact these violent crimes have on the victims and their families. When you get calls in the night, you know they're not good or they're wrong numbers. You'll hear about the incredible strength of the survivors and what they did to fight back. I was studying his face because I was thinking, if I get out of this, I'm going to get you someday. Subscribe to the Minds of Madness podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. Okay, so the first ghost story is actually just a really sweet little thing. My grandmother, I would feel her around a lot, but... That didn't always mean that she interacted or did anything to really show herself or, you know, prove that she was there. It was more just a feeling. And I would get it sometimes, too, from, like, my uncles. But it was it was just always really comforting whenever there was something that was, like, definitely her. The house we lived in St. Augustine was not haunted, but I will say it did. it was in a good property place to be haunted. What I mean by that is I've learned there are certain things that in the paranormal world it seems like people always have or always say before they preface like something that happens it's either secluded alone quiet and i feel like it's because in, in those moments you're more open to observing for instance in my household if i'm by myself i'm going to be more open to hearing noises because i'm by myself i know they shouldn't be there so if i hear a noise i'm going to pay attention to it now but if you have a household full of people noises are normal but this property the back of it backed up to a lake, so there's the first thing, because a lot of people talk about how ghosts, spirits, etc. are attracted to large bodies of water, and there's a lot of woods. So it wasn't necessarily secluded. I mean, it was like a suburban neighborhood or whatever. The houses weren't even that far away. Like, I remember if you were in the bathroom, there was a window. You look out that window, you can see the neighbor, which was really creepy. So it wasn't like that, but... There were woods, you would have boar that would run through quite often, and it still does, actually. It was just a good place for stuff to happen, and I think the energy in that house, it was not positive or necessarily negative. I feel like it could be easily manipulated by um, a spirit or an entity, just because it had a lot of renters, and I feel like somehow, I think some houses, like, keep some of that energy, and so I think, like, the in and out 
so quickly and frequently. I think that it just had this this space of almost like a void, like it could be filled with whatever was there. So if you were a spirit and you wanted to fill it with something, you could. It was just more open to it. There were numerous times where there's like little things that happened. Like I remember there was like one time out of the corner of my, my eye, I saw like a little black cat and it was like an apparition. It was not... It was not a solid thing. It was just like quick. It just appeared ran, and sort of ran. And then as it ran, it like disappeared type of thing. There were orbs quite often, but just sort of weird noises sometimes outside of the property, not inside of it. But that didn't really sound like an animal, but kind of like an animal. Little things like that. Nothing too big. But one day I woke up and there's a smell. So... My grandmother did have a perfume that she would wear sometimes, but most of the time she didn't really wear anything. She had her own, like, everybody, you know, everyone has their own, like, natural scent. And the other thing, too, is she always loved to cook and she loved to bake. So I learned how to do those from, from her. And she, <laughs> my favorite smell to this day is the smell of almond extract and vanilla extract when it's baking. It's my favorite smell. I can identify that out of nowhere. And it was because it was something I always associated with her. Because whenever she was baking, she's a huge user of almond extract, and so am I. I woke up, I was in the room, I left the room, I came back maybe like mm, 20 minutes later, and I smell it. Almond extract and vanilla. Now, I would have been the only one who would have cooked or baked in the house, and I wasn't cooking or baking anything. Almond extract didn't spill, and it was solely in my room. If I left my room, it wasn't there. If you went to the... My room shared a wall with the living room. So if you, for instance, went to the living room, it wasn't there. It wasn't anywhere else in the rest of the house. It was only in that room. And I even... I said to my parents, I said, guys, I said, come here. I need you to, I need you to smell something. And they came in and they could smell it. And I was like, it's mommy. Which is what I would call my grandmother. I was like, it's, it's mommy. Because the thing is... Like, yes, she had her own natural scent, but until I tell you the story where I'm saying, you know, I always associated those smells with her. You wouldn't know that's my favorite smell. You wouldn't know that's what I associate with anyone. And it just felt, it felt like the light in that room was like a little brighter. It just felt so joyful and so calm and serene and peaceful. And it was so beautiful. And I was like, I knew it was her. Like, there was no question. Like, if I would have gotten that scent and not gotten that feeling, I could question maybe something's messing with me. But that feeling paired with that scent, it, it was her. So that was, that was really nice. So the next story is, I had a friend over, and all of a sudden I get a phone call from this girl I know from school. And she says to me, she's like, can you come pick me up? My dad, like, locked me out of the house. He kicked me out. He won't let me back in. And I've been trying to get back in for, I don't even know how long. It was, it was a while is what she had told me, basically. And um, I just, I, I can't stay out here. I need, somewhere, I, I need somewhere to go. And when she called me, it was almost midnight. Like, I can't just, like, leave her out there. And I didn't really know exactly where she lived, but I kind of knew the neighborhood of where she lived. So I went and I asked my parents, I was like, look, like, this is what's going on. Um, so and so just called me. She said her dad locked her out and she can't get back in and it's late and it's getting later. She's been training for so and so forth. Can I go get her and bring her over here just so she has somewhere to sleep? 
and she can figure it out in the morning. And my parents kind of looked at one another because, I mean, like, again, it's almost midnight. And she's like, yeah, okay, just be careful. Call me when you get there. I said, okay, cool. So my friend decides to come with me in the car. And um, I had, and I love this car. Um, it actually, it still worked up to last year. It was a 1997 Nissan Maxima with a sunroof. I love sunroofs. And that, that car was like, it was in mint condition when we got it. And when I had it, it was in mint condition. So we have the sunroof open and we have all the windows down and we're playing some music and just chilling and so on and so forth. So the thing about Florida is for every major road, there is a back road that takes you the same way. But between these two neighborhoods was a preserve. So it was a back road. It would have been about a 15 minute drive. So we're driving and we're having a good time and there's a couple cars ahead of me and we get we get to the nature preserve, which is completely like I, I typically love the nature preserve and I love nature, but I've always felt a little weird, like something else is in there and I wasn't really sure what it was. So all the trees bend over at the top. So you can't see the sun when you're except as it filters in through the trees when you're driving past there and the whole rest of it is just trees and like you can't see anything. So we're driving and driving and driving, and all of a sudden, the car in front of the car in front of me slams on its brakes. I, that car slams on its brakes, which causes me to slam on my brakes. I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Like, we were going 45 miles an hour, and we were perfectly fine. Like, what happened? Like, I don't see anything. Because again, <laughs> nature preserve, whole bunch of trees, no street lights at all. So all you've got is your headlights. And something tells me, look up. And I look up, there is what looks like a man, but with wings. He is hanging out basically on the over, kind of like the branches out that, that would cross over the top of the street. He's hanging over like that. And he's looking at each and every single one of the cars and gets to my car. And I look at him and he smiles. It was complete black, like complete black. Darker, basically looked like a shadow man, but with wings, a fucking attitude, apparently. He smiles at me and his eyes flash red. And I'm like, what the hell is this? My friend sees him, too. So I'm now concerned because he wasn't smiling at the other cars. He didn't smile until he got to mine. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Like, what does that mean? <laughs> so the cars in front of me now realizing, like, I guess they can see it smiling now, too. Book it. Like, full-fledged shirt flying down, and I'm right behind them. And I was just like, what the fuck was that? Like, and my friend is freaking out. And I'm I'm really, I'm really good about, um, my, I, I keep my emotions very bottled up when I'm in a situation. So that I can think calmly and level-headed and, like, react however it is I need to react. And then once I get to a safe environment, then I will, like, process my emotions. So she's freaking out and I cannot with her right now because I have my own emotions about this whole thing. And I cannot deal with them right now. I need to go get this girl and <laughs> I need to pay attention to the road. And I'm concerned because I don't feel, like, I didn't really feel like it was an entity. I felt like it was a creature. You know the whole, like, Mothman thing? I don't think it was, like, a Mothman. I don't even really know what Mothman looks like, except I'm thinking, like, man wings, so maybe that. But, like, it clearly was not a human being. 
it was not a human being. Human beings don't have teeth like that. It wasn't like a full straight row of teeth. Like this bitch had fangs and, and an attitude. And it was, it was clearly able to interact. And, and we all saw it. Like it would have been one thing had I not seen it, but my, or, or I had been the only one who had seen it, but my friend saw it in every car in front of me and two cars behind me saw it. And I was just like, now we're going, we're done going, gunned it. We get through all the trees, we get to the streetlight. And I'm like, okay, like may, like in my mind, I'm like, okay, maybe it needs to be like in complete darkness. We've now passed this, so maybe we're fine. I'm still quietly freaking out inside. And as I'm getting up to the light, I feel like I hit something. Not just hit, but hit and ran something over. To the point that the right side of my car completely goes up and down. And I'm like, what the fuck? There was nothing there. My headlights were great. There was nothing there. I don't understand what would be big enough to legitimately move the whole right side of my car up and then back down. And I was just like, oh my God, like, what did I hit? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm thinking like, I, cause we have a lot of turtles. Like I'm thinking logically, was a turtle, an alligator, something like that. Um, like, what the, f like, like, but I didn't see anything. Like, and I was like, maybe because I'm trying to get up to this light and I'm trying to like ignore my friend and like get to this other person who needs me and not pay attention to like what just happened. Maybe something like that. So I inch up basically a, a little bit more because I, there's a part of me that wants to get out the car and sometimes like do not get out of the car. And I'm like, okay. So I pull up as much as I can which, based on where I had apparently hit and run over this thing, I should have been able to see it, even though it was dark. I mean, there were cars coming up behind me, and they didn't hit anything. So I take my mirrors, and I move the mirrors and put, put basically point them down as far as I can to the ground. There is nothing there. There's nothing there. My car looks fine. It does not look like I've hit anything. The only thing that is now there is what looks like a bunch of dirt when I know at, at the bottom of my car when I know there should have not been before. Me and my friend look at one another and I just said, close your window. And we start closing the windows. I close the sunroof. I put on the air. I make sure everything's locked down. I double check the locks. and I'm like, the light changes. I'm gone. So I get to the girl. I pick her up. And when I get to her house, I said, one second, I get out the car and I walk around the whole car. I don't see anything except for that extra bit of dirt that was right underneath the car and the car was all white. So that's why you can notice if something, you know, something like that was there. So we get on and I'm like, fuck the most direct route to get back to the house is the route that I just came from. And I'm like, you know, I just, I, I got it. I got to go this way because if not, I'm going to have to go up, go around, cut around another way. Like it's going to be, it's going to be an extra 30 minutes for me to go up that way. Gotta go this way. So I come back and we get back. I don't see it again. We get back to the house. My girl gets out and I, and now, now, now I'm in a, what is known to me as a safe environment. So now I just lay out everything that happened. <laughs> and my friend is like, there with me. She's like, I fucking saw it. Like blah, 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 blah. And my parents are like, wait, 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 slow down. I'm like, no, seriously, like, th like, listen to me. And I'm going around about this thing. And so the girl that I picked up is looking at me like I'm crazy. And I don't, I don't even fucking care. So me and my friend are sitting here. We're talking about it and we're just going off about it. And we're just like, I don't understand. 
I never saw it again. However, I've also never driven down that road at that time of night again, ever. I, I still to this day, I don't know what it is. I don't know, but I've never seen it again. We still drive down there, but we always make sure the sun's out. <laughs> uh, so the last story is a tricky one to tell because for the safety of myself and for you guys, there are certain details that I have to leave out. Um, what I will say, though, is similar to the episode where I talked about someone had essentially sicked a spirit on my mother to hurt her or and or kill her. This is similar to like what happened then. Someone who was a part of the family, um, a long lost part of the family that my mother was able to reconnect with. She ended up coming in the house. When she came to the house, I didn't like her immediately. When I actually, when I first spoke with her, I did not like her. Actually, I warned her. I forewarned her that I knew what she was up to. If at any point in time she hurt my mother, she would have to deal with me. So she understood and seemed to respect that. But that was just my, that was my initial feeling with her. I did not trust this person at all. And I did not feel like they had good intentions. And I, I very strongly listened to that feeling inside of me. So when she came to the house, she seemed very negative. Like there was an air around her. That was just negative. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. In the meantime, she starts talking about some stuff. And my mom at this point knows some people who dabble in Santeria. Because she, of course, did not want to learn anything about the religion or anything about the supernatural or anything about the paranormal. But she did believe in Santeria. So when she comes, the woman starts talking about some stuff that happened to her. And my mom's like, hmm. Like, even she was just like, I don't like them. And she told her straight up, she was like, when you came in the house, like, you did not have a good air about you at all. I don't, like, I don't know what's, what's up with you, but you did not have a good air about you. So basically what we realized was that there was a spirit that was attached to her. It had been attached to her and then, like, sicked onto her, basically. She actually had known the person when they were alive and they hated her. So they were gung-ho to make her suffer as much as possible. And then when someone else did something in Santeria, because she already had a spirit that was attached that hated her and wanted to essentially ruin her as much as it could, that one popped up and was like, huh, you're making my day. You're like making this easy for me. So she brought that spirit with her to the house. And I think that might actually be like how we found out, because I think I was just like, you have something with you. It doesn't like you, and I don't like it, and it needs to leave. So essentially what the spirit had now begun to do was anyone who had a good, positive relationship, its goal was to tear it apart. The woman came to the house because she was having issues with her person. My parents started having issues, which wasn't all that rare, but like this was different. Like this was really different. And then I remember feeling extremely frustrated and angry and rageful. But I knew it was not my... And I, and I knew, like, whatever it was wanted me to pick a fight with my husband. And I was just like, first off, these are not my emotions. Where am I getting... Like, at this point, I didn't know I was an empath. I knew I could, like, pick up on people's emotions. I could very easily name and... um have the sincerity to how they were feeling. 
and be able to tell if they were in like a good place or bad place. But I just thought that was, I thought everybody could do that. I didn't really think it was anything special. But this was apparently when my empathic abilities began to pick up because it, it was surrounding so heavily in the household and it was so drenched on this person and now affecting my parents' relationship. So it was both spiritual and uh, and emotionally, you know, on this plane level. It was so deep on both of those that there was no way for me to not feel it. But I very much knew, like, I wasn't mad at my husband about anything. He didn't do anything wrong. He was awesome and perfect as per usual. And there was no reason for me to get frustrated or mad at him. And I knew it wasn't my emotions. And I said out loud, I was like, I know what you're doing. You can stop now. It's not going to work on me. And you need to leave this house. So that night I put a shield over myself and my parents. I did not put one over her, but I did put one over her kids. And I didn't put one over her because I was upset. Because I knew I knew she knew something was with her. But like she wanted to turn my eye to it. And then when we started talking about it, she was like, oh, great. Y'all can take it for me. And she really didn't want to deal with it on her own. She didn't really want to do anything to like she just wanted to basically take her baggage and drop it on somebody else's plate so she could like have a clean clear life and not have to deal with it and that pissed me off so it was like i'm not fucking shielding you you need to deal with your own shit so my mom does this thing and she's able to get a hold of someone one of her friends who is supposed to be able to help my mom the woman and myself all go i am not in the room with them as they do those things. I really I really just went more for my mother's moral support. And uh, when they come back, they're kind of chit-chatting about a couple things. But again, I wasn't in the room. I couldn't hear anything. I just had an overall feeling and sense about what needed to be done. And I didn't really like, understand why. Because, again, I wasn't there. So, like, how did I know? So they started asking, like, a couple questions. And I was just like, hey, did he say like to do blah, blah, blah? And they're like, yeah. How did you know? Like, you were in the car. Like, by not in the room, I mean, like, they went into his apartment and I was in the car. So I've got great hearing, don't get me wrong, but there's no way I could have heard that. And I was just like, yeah, you know, this, 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 this. And then she said something and I said a phrase. And my mom, who was driving, almost lost her shit. She had to pull over, pull into a parking lot, and she turned around and she looked at me and she goes, why did you say that? And I said, say what? And she goes, what she just said. And I said, because I felt like it needed to be said now. She's like, your uncle used to say that all the time. I didn't know this. I had no way to know this. And the particular uncle who used to say it was the father of this woman. And in the ceremony that they'd done in the apartment, it had been said there. So again, there was, I was not in there. I was not anywhere where I could hear it. I never got out the car. I only, again, I only went for moral support. I stayed in the car and I was texting and chatting with my husband. I wasn't paying any bit of attention there. So we came back. We did whatever it was we had to do. But I told the woman, I said, you're not done yet. I said, you have your own issues. And that's why this thing was allowed to attach itself to you. It was affecting you. But you let it. Like, you, you didn't fight it. And I said, because for instance... When it came into this house and it tried to mess with me, I told it no. It was a simple no. There was no question about it. It wasn't because I was overly strong. Matter of fact, I was exhausted. I wasn't even at a quarter full strength. And I told it no. Like, you let it. And you cannot do that. 
if you really want to get rid of this thing. So she was supposed to come back, have some stuff down, didn't do it. And um, basically the thing just reattached itself to her. There was a lot of bad stuff that happened. And my mom had made this, she made this comment. She was like, when's the last time you went to the dentist? And she said, uh, oh, it's been years. You need to go to the dentist. Because you need to make sure you go. Because you never know what could happen. So she told her this. And she had gone months later. And there's a whole bunch of bad stuff that happened. A whole bunch of things went on. I ended up getting involved in handling the situation with both the woman and her mother. It was it was a whole thing. Uh, I had told my mother, I said, you're going to get a phone call today. And you're not going to like the news. I said, after the phone call, call me back. And she said, huh? She goes, what do you mean? I said, just, you'll know when you get it. But you're going to get a phone call and, and whatever it is, I'm sorry. And I cannot tell you why. I felt that way. About maybe an hour later, it was that the woman, she had died. She'd been dead for approximately three or so months. They had the funeral and everything. And she had died because there was an, uh, an abscess in her gums, which had gotten infected with something, and it killed her. It, it ended up going through bloodstream and it killed her. And the man who called was the person that that woman had been with at the time when she came to the house. And he said, I don't even really know why I called you today. And she's like, I just had to call you. So I did. So that is the last story about St. Augustine or things that have happened to me while in St. Augustine. I think now would be a good time to say something positive, which is, you know, we all have things that happen in our lives. And we all have things that change and affect us. But if you have a relationship that you treasure and you love and you feel something is affecting you, that relationship, speak up about it. Talk about it. Communication is one of the greatest tools we have. And sometimes we never use it. So talk about it. And be honest. And you don't have to be blunt. You don't have to fight. You don't have to anything like that. But you've got to be, just be honest. Be honest with yourself, be honest with your partner, be honest with your friends, be honest with, like, your heart. Like, just be honest. Something I've learned this week. Stay in tune with yourself, you know? You know what's best for you. You really do. And we all have hard times. We all have hard times. We all have times where things just feel like it's too much and it's not getting better and we don't know what to do. And so I will share... One of my favorite phrases that I've always said whenever that happens to me and that I always tell other people. And it's, for every bad thing that happens to you, something good will happen to you. Because this world is in a balance with karma. There is not more good than or more bad in the world. It is all balanced out. We may not be able to see it or appreciate it, but it's all there. And if our entire lives were nothing but good times, we wouldn't appreciate them because it would be normal. We would, we would normalize positivity. We would normalize peace and goodness and love and hope because we would have never had to struggle for any of those things. And I'm not saying struggling's good, but who you are when you have to struggle for something and who you, have to, and who you are when you have to fight for something, that's who you really are deep down inside. Like that phrase is completely 110% true. 
So just be true and honest to yourself. Appreciate your life and the lives of those of those that you care about and you love. And just take care of yourself. Uh, I didn't do my famous spiel, which is, you know, subscribe to the show if you like the show. If you would like, submit a review. I love to read those. I know I got one recently. And um, I'm not going to lie, it made me tear up because I just, the fact that they took the time to write a review, what they said was completely and utterly beautiful. And I cannot thank them enough. I, I just, it was amazing. And it made, it, it meant so much to me. And they fucking binged the podcast. I didn't know anyone did that to this podcast. <laughs> so it just, it means a lot. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't just have to, you know, don't just write a review for me. Write a review for any podcast that you love. Like that's, that is your way of, of letting, letting that person know you're out there and that you love this thing. Or you don't love this thing, like, why? So just, you know, if you've got a couple minutes, just write it on your favorite platform. And if you have a story, send it in. TheHauntedRide.com or email it to TheHauntedRide at gmail.com. Uh, so we've got the Patreon. I know probably next week I'm going to start working on the next story, which I already know what it's going to be. It's going to be Elisa Lamb. That story has been done 20 million fucking times. I don't care. It was the first story that I heard that put together both murder and the paranormal and I was so gung ho for it and I looked up everything immediately before I even thought about doing an episode or anything like that and I, I mean this was like months ago so I was just like it, I heard uh, another episode on it recently on someone else's podcast and I was like yep it's gonna happen it's gonna it's going to 110% it will happen so that's gonna be the next one most important thing the next two episodes uh, we're done with Phil from Ghosts in the Night. He was my first person I've interviewed on this podcast, which is now something I'm doing is interviews. Uh, there was quite a bit of technical difficulty all on my end because my internet connection, I guess because of the weather and the storm that, that is now like in full effect right now, uh, I guess it started affecting things yesterday and it, it killed my internet connection. I don't even know how many times. And we he literally stayed with me for 40 minutes just trying to like figure it out. And see if we could even do it. And he was, he's always been awesome, but he was completely amazing. So that'll be the next few episodes. I hope you guys like them. We are talking about paranormal investigations. Some of the ones he's been on, he talks about that. And then also past life regression. And um, in past life regression, there's theory time with Melissa, which uh, was fun. So I hope you guys enjoy those. Those will be up for next Monday's episode and the Monday after that. And then after that, we are going to do our first mythology episode, which will be on Marfolk. So that is the itinerary for the next couple episodes. I just hope that you guys enjoy everything. I hope you guys continue to like this podcast. I appreciate all your support. Take care of yourself again and have a 